Previously on Classroom Brew. Our district says, no, that's just punishing the kid and that's make them feel bad. And if you make them feel bad, they're going to drop out and they're going to feel like losers. I was like, but your solution is not good for these children. Yeah. That's not fair. I don't care what you say. You know, I, I don't want to be overly punitive with students, but if you don't hold some standards, then the standards are completely meaningless. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 23, which is the continuation of my conversation with Mary. So without any further ado, here is the rest of that talk from last week. And if you uh, bend the rules for every individual, then the rules don't matter either. Right. Well, that sounds like our building, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's because <laughs> it's, it's the system. Yeah. It's totally the system, and especially the system in these struggling community schools. I just saw two uh, job notifications in Indeed for a sustainable community school coordinator and manager. I didn't know that was a position. But. Whatever that means, <laughs> they talk about uh, what this person would do is they would be in charge of going out to the schools and helping them assess needs and okay. determine what assets they have and how well they could manage them. And I'm thinking, what a load of BS. <laughs> yeah. It's just another way of placating the community schools that are falling apart sure. under the current regime. Yeah. And what plan does this fall under? The sustainable community schools. Because I never heard of it. You know, at what point is CPS going to be more transparent about what they're really doing? Right. Even with staff members, not just the community. Everybody. I mean, even if you look at the SQRP, the school quality performance okay. I was report. like, what the hell is the SQRP? SQRP. They, they, got, they should probably get a better name for that. Yeah, <laughs> school quality performance report. Okay. There are all these indicators that say a school is performing if they meet these things. And attendance is one of them. Freshman on track is another. Oh, yeah. That's why how many AP classes you have, how many kids you have enrolled in AP classes. You know, it goes on and on and on. Which is why my honors class becomes a dumping ground. But anyways. That, exactly. Um, how many, what your scores are on ACT, SAT now. Sure. Uh, what's growth between the uh, end of year from the previous year and the beginning of year, or maybe it's beginning of year, beginning of year. I don't know exactly what the terminal points are. Anyway, um, it's confusing. What, like, why do we have to create these reports about our assessments? What's mm -hmm. the purpose? Give me a purpose. Right. Give me some larger plan that they seem to fit into and help me understand how examining these results actually improves our student performance because there's no way I could constantly go back. Yeah. If, if what you want me to do is cover a certain amount of standards in a year, um, I would be spending most of my year doing three standards. And yeah. if that's what you want, then just tell me that I'll do that um, until we get it proficient to, with everybody. Which would definitely take the whole year. It would take the whole year. <laughs> yeah. So I was to say how many of the kids that we just passed this first semester, they're still not quite proficient, but that's what we're measuring them on. 
I don't honestly I don't know what I'm measuring them on altogether. You know what? Uh when you when kids come in with such deficiencies, um I mean, I have seen improvement from when oh, they yeah. first started. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But are they actually meeting a standard of say somebody who's in a, a parallel system somewhere else? I doubt it. Yeah. And that's why our that's why our scores remain really low. Yeah. Well, they dropped just before I got hired, I heard, because of, I don't remember, SAT or something like that. Because it was the first year for SAT. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Actually, the group the that parallel. you have, the sophomores you have, mm-hmm. had a 71% increase from their uh, beginning of year to end of year PSATs. Guess why? That's you. That's you. <laughs> There you go. Like you said on uh, Thursday, you got to take it where you can get it. <laughs> That's it good. was me and the English teacher. We worked yeah. so hard with those kids. Yeah. Getting them reading and writing and, you know, thinking about stuff. And um, and there's you still have a small knot of those kids. Um, from that previous group. From that previous group. Yeah. And that sounds about right because those are the ones that they they really grabbed on to what I'm doing with writing a little bit quicker. And the other ones, because they had seen it before. Because they had already done a good bit of it. Which is funny, too, because we didn't we didn't coordinate as much on that at the beginning of the year. But it just happened by chance to line up with what we were each doing. Well, because it's common sense. Yeah, yeah. It's common sense well, writing. for for us. Correct. For, for other people, not necessarily. Yeah, I know. It sounds like my predecessor, not, not so much. Oh, God, no. She didn't know what she was doing. Mm. Which is a shame. I don't think she knew how to teach writing. Mm. I don't think she knew how to teach history, to be honest with you. Let's say writing is the hard part. The history should be the easy part. Yeah, except that, you know, if your documents were too difficult, like she wouldn't abridge anything. She wouldn't. Oh, um, she would just throw. Oh, difficult stuff at them and just not. um, You know, a kid looks at a document that's really, really dense and has too much vocabulary in it and it's not really taught. They're just going to give up and they're not even going to try. I'm almost looking forward to the end of the year when I'm almost confident that if I gave them a raw document, they might be okay as long as I give them... On-demand document analysis? Yeah. yeah. If I, I mean, of course, I'd have to give them a DBQ. That would help orient them, and then I can give them a writing type of thing. But I think because we do it every single day, that's that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would become... I might try that this week. I think this so. This upcoming week. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. And they rise to it. It just depends on what, what I do. What you should tell them is that that's what they're going to get at the end of the year. That's I've I've told them in terms of the assessments and the documents. I'm going to pull away what I'm doing in terms of like the scaffolding. Like right now, I'm spending less time on documents than I did at the beginning of the year, right? Because I don't have to do as much because they're slowly getting it. My ESL kids, though, that's like I have a few that are they speak French primarily, so. That's a little more tricky. I spend a lot Sophomores? of time with them. Technically seniors, some of them. Um, I'm thinking of, I'll just bleep it. Okay. I've seen them, but I don't know them. Great kid. Uh, yeah. Really smart. He just struggles because... You have too, don't you? Yeah. Also very... That's yeah, fine. Also very gifted, but the problem is since they sit by each other, it's an asset, and it's also... Sometimes I wonder if there's a little bit of academic dishonesty going on there because they're they don't do it to be malicious but they might be overwhelmed at times so i spend a lot of time 
with them during that period because they need that extra support. But that's right. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. It just, it worries me sometimes. Like, are they able to take the skills that I'm teaching them to another class where they might not get that same support? You know, that's my biggest concern because mm-hmm. there's, it's, there's three students total. So the two that we just mentioned, there's another one all really smart, but sometimes things don't quite transfer over. Like even a task in my room, even if it's building up to a separate task, they don't always see the correlation and they struggle as a result, mm-hmm. which they'll get it, but it just makes me nervous for other classes and moving forward. But the last thing that I was going to kind of bring up, because we got to some some stories and some sayings and stuff, <laughs> which is usually where you get a lot of the good stuff that people want to know about. But you actually mentioned we were on our way to a PD once, and you were saying, so you've been teaching for 20 years or so, 10 of it in our current district. Mm-hmm. But you said you're also kind of looking to maybe get out of teaching soon. What we've kind of talked about, but what's what's kind of led you to that decision? Well, part of it is... I really like history, mm-hmm. and I don't teach much, much history. And when I used to be able to teach history, I could be more, really more excited about it. And now I'm really just teaching reading and writing. Yeah. And it's not that that's, those aren't worthy. It's And I still get to teach it in the context of history, but it's not really what I went into teaching to do. Sure. And it's not all about me, you know, that's for sure. I find the technology challenges really oh, difficult. God, yeah. And it's it's like technology should be should be a bonus, right? It should be something that you can utilize and it's and it's well and for uh, some students enhancing. It is. For some it is, but for most it's a distraction. It's a distraction that then I have to deal with teen behavior about. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it never fails to amaze me how irked I get when I ask somebody to put their phone away, put their phone away, put their phone away, put it up on my desk. No, I ain't going to do that. You ain't going to get my phone. I'm like, I don't want your phone. I just don't want it in your hot little hands anymore because it's distracting you. Um, and then I finally, after numerous attempts, say, just go give it to security. And there's usually a bit of a fight and all that. Oh, yeah. And then and then the student comes back in with a big smirk on their face because somehow they've convinced security that they didn't need to give up their phone. But I'm not going to fight with them anymore. And so there I am just standing there going, oh, what the fuck? You know, just give it up. Just, you know, maybe it's best to just not fight with these kids at all about it. Um, I recently loaded Snapchat on my phone with my daughter. And I understand completely now, based on the nature of just that one app, why they're on their phones constantly. What do you mean? Like, what do you think? Well, because... Because I have the app. I don't use it much. But what do you think is the big draw for them? Because that that is the biggest one I see them on all the time. It's because somebody in another class is making some goofy freaking face, Mm. taking a picture of it, adding some little dumb probably wordless text <laughs> and uh for, for a normal human wordless for them it means something but. it means something <laughs> but that i mean and it buzzes in your pocket what wouldn't make you pull that out and look at it and laugh and then have to communicate whatever you just saw to the three of your friends who might be sitting right next to you around you it's I don't know what to do with that. 
I just don't know what to do with that. And I don't think education has figured out what to do with that. No, this is, I think this phones have come up at least a dozen times so far on this podcast alone too, because nobody does know what to do about it. When I, we did a crossover episode with another podcast is John from Midwest Bostonian. No one knows because there's no standard out there because it's so new. Well, that's just it. It is. It's, it's completely cutting edge. It's inundated the learning environments in a way that, um, no one anticipated. Mm-hmm. There's no precedent for how to manage it re- effectively, except for voluntary, and mm-hmm. that falls so heavily on the teacher. And the way it falls on the teacher Wait, are you is surprised? <laughs> well, the way it falls on the teacher is well. If you had a decent relationship with your students, they wouldn't be on your phone. I was like, but that's not fair. Yeah, because they're adolescents, and I'm not. I'm interested in learning. And they're kind of interested in learning. Well, and I think I have a pretty good rapport. One of our counselors, when she was in with the network, she said, you have such a good rapport with them. When there isn't someone watching the classroom and they're observing me, not the students, those kids are constantly on their phones. Yep. And sometimes they're still productive somehow, so I just choose, you know, pick my battles there. But It's all it very seriously distracted learning, though. Yeah, it, but, it's, and it, but it's not related to the relationship. There's... I guarantee you there's a lot of students in all my classes that have some sort of respect or like maybe even they like me as their teacher, but they'll still check their phone 20, 30 times in a period. Yep. And even the checking of the phone doesn't bother me so much. It's the outright playing a game during class. Right. Having to respond to a message that your mother sent you, even though it's the middle of the day and she should know better. Mm -hmm. I, you know... It's a whole new world that I would, oh, heck, you know, at our most recent um, PD that we had, when was that? Um, that after school thing on Wednesday. Uh, oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was on the day it was that. Tuesday. They no, moved it, it was the Friday. The Friday where we had the whole day. Remember we had that literacy thing in the morning? Oh, the school improvement. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, <clears throat> right, the school improvement day and the, the literacy gal was there and she was doing her thing. And uh, Sunshine and Mr. V were s- sitting on the end, and they were out out loud talking while sharing stuff on their tablets. While she oh, really? was, yeah, while she was trying to <laughs> conduct the literacy, and I looked over at him and just ah, la, 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 you know doing his thing, and I'm thinking these are adults and they're behaving this way with the technology. Yeah, more than half of the room was on their phones. While she was doing her PD, I'm thinking, it's just endemic. It's not even just the kids. Yeah, It's everyone. Our learning environments are stale. And we need to figure out different ways of doing it. And yet still, like, if I could, I would love to teach where I'm, I lay out the task. I give them what they need. I'm here as a resource person. If you need me, there's five desks around here and I can help you. Come and talk to me when you need it. Like blended learning, so they could yeah. potentially be. Where they're doing it. There's a lot of suburban schools that I do know. that. I know, but could we do it? Not with our current population right now. Well, one, I don't think our students don't have enough discipline on right. intrinsically to complete a task unless they're being Reinforced. monitored constantly. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's something that they've learned throughout our whole system. You know, the yeah. whole time. 
Well, it's appeased, it's allowed, and they get bailed out at the end of the year. And they get bailed out at the end of the year. And that's why our ACT and our SAT scores suck. I had to tell my honors group because they complained that I gave a five, well, two students. I call it the teenage spirit nirvana corner. They, uh, <laughs> they like to complain. And all I do is I give the EBKs that they talk about. I'll yeah. give that and I'll model the task. It takes me literally, I time it because um, sometimes I'll have two slides on the projector and there's a timer on it for the computer screen. The most it's taken me is seven minutes. One time it took me 15 because they were being disruptive. And so I had to, I, I just pause at this point. I don't say anything. Can we just get the work and do it? Yeah. Is that what they were saying? Yes, sometimes. But the big thing is that they claim, well, the background, the background's boring. The modeling's boring. And I was like, listen, all right, who wants, I had them raise their hands for who wants to go to college. It's the honors group. So every single one of them raised their hand. Yeah. You guys got to be able to last seven minutes without disrupting, without complaining, because if you get to college, you're going to sit there for one hour to three hours. It's not interactive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, colleges have to change too. Yeah. They need to adapt. It's not the greatest model, but even still, it, it's probably not going to change right away every single place. There are some schools nearby us right now that are adapting to those newer ways of teaching, which is good, but not all these kids are going to get that in every single class or every single school. It was actually encouraging because I said that and a lot of them because they are just sophomores, they realize that, and now I haven't had as much of a problem. Hmm. But they're so used to just being able to do what they want, and then if I redirect, I'll get the, oh, you're doing too much, or you're doing the most. Like, this is ridiculous. The school's so strict. And I was like, you don't know what strict is. That's when we get the disrespect for teachers that really we're not being unreasonable. I've even kind of, there's that counter that I hate at the front of my room. Mm -hmm. There's one time I just sat on it, and I waited, and the kids that are on, like, the edges in the front... They were all just like shaking their heads like, you got to be kidding me. It's the same kids in the back. And then I even like, I tilted over to one and I was like, I'm not being unreasonable, am I? And she was like, no, you're not. And she was so fed up. She was really glad that we did the block scheduling for finals. Yeah. She's like, I got a break from some of those kids <laughs> just for a day. She's a, she's a really, she's going to do something great because she's really focused. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. Her name's, uh, I'll bleep it, but it's... Uh, Oh, yeah. I've heard the name, but I... Really smart. I have her from seventh period all the way through eighth period because she needs to take civics because they didn't have that at her old school. Easily, it's either her or... Yeah, she's great. They're going to be doctors or lawyers or something. Right. They're just so gifted and mm -hmm. motivated. So it was kind of funny, though. She was like... She, it's like I could read her mind. She's probably saying, these fucking guys, just shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, so that's and it always is the same kids, and and yeah. yet you have to tolerate, and you have to you have to build everything around those kids. Unfortunately, yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking instead about of that. it being here's the core of kids who work, and then I should be able to work a little bit with some of these others. You have to build everything around those who don't, who won't do anything. Yeah. Me trying to get a background in in less than three minutes so that I can focus on the modeling. That's because I'm trying to adhere to the Nirvana corner over there because they're going to bitch and moan and get everybody else riled up. And I think that, you know, when you asked me if, at the beginning of this part, what would I do besides teaching or what, you know, or why do I want to leave and da da da? I, I'd say there's two motivations. One, I don't feel like I'm real effective in the classroom as much as I used to be. I used to mm -hmm. be more effective. I felt more effective when I taught in the past, either at the collegiate level or when I first started in high school. And now I just feel like I'm doing 
I'm, I'm in this rut and I'm doing the same stuff and I'm not uh, achieving it the way I'd like to. And I want to be able to pull back and see the bigger picture, but it's hard to do when you're in the classroom with the kids. Sure. Um, you kind of have the big picture in mind, though. And that might be the reason that you are starting to think, oh, am I in a rut right now? Because I think you do have that big picture in mind. Yeah, I understand it more and more piece by piece as mm. I start to see the way things operate and I question why it operates the way it does. Right, which is good. You should. And I uh, I would like to have uh, some measure of influence on where education goes. Um, well, you got to be a, a millionaire to do that and get in with the man in the oval. <laughs> you're, well, you're right. You have to be unqualified to... To have some influence on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think you could also, like, the Common Core Standards, for example, were created by groups of people, and I certainly wasn't part of that. Mm-hmm. I see some of the legitimacy of it, but I also yeah. see, having worked with it now for eight years, the uh, weaknesses of it mm. and how it could be better. I interviewed for a job with this National Constitution Foundation and this woman that I was speaking to, she was a, a lawyer. I don't know that she's currently a lawyer, but she was involved in drafting the Illinois state standards. Mm. And I'm thinking, why wasn't I involved in that at all? <laughs> why was I, you know, so outside that loop? And why was she involved with it? And she was involved because she belongs to this organization and she's a lawyer and da da da. And she has influence. And selfishly, I need to think about next steps. Because I don't want to stay in the classroom for too much longer. You yeah. know, I'm 56 years old. One of our better students, uh, who's always roaming the halls and is in the classroom, the bully. I think you might know who she is. Yep. Um, i already. Yep. Uh, so she was, I was directing kids in the hall saying, come on, get to class. You know, the, the music's playing. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get out of the hall. And she's, and she's telling me to shut up and telling me to shut up and what's the business and you're not security and that what's sounds, wrong with you. That and sounds da, da, like da, da, the PG da. version of what she actually probably said. Yeah, right. It, it was <laughs> the PG. <laughs> and um, at some point, out of my view, but clearly within my earshot, and she knew she was, she called me an old woman and what, you know, who the hell are you? And, and I thought, you know, you're right. I am getting... I'm getting tired of this. No, six is not. Old. No, no, I know, I know, but I'm getting tired of this, and oh, I don't I have do that. I, I don't have that that same, you know, that same enthusiasm you have when you first start something. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then with that, then maybe comes some patience. Yeah, I mean, I've been pulling a lot of tricks out of my bag for the last four years to try to figure out how best to accommodate learning needs. In the environment that we work in Hmm. Um, and still achieve learning goals, still getting kids moving forward. And I feel like I'm starting to run out of those ideas, those tricks. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'd like to try to do something else. And my husband and I, you know, in five years, we're going to probably not be here anymore. And I want to be able to transport what I'm doing someplace else okay and i don't see that happening as a teacher do you know where to you're thinking like we like michigan a lot okay um ann arbor maybe no (laughs) 
Um, someplace close enough to uh, an urban area or a collegiate town, right, where there's... Okay. But we'll probably be a little more country. Okay. Um, just to... And I would like to be able to work in a in a way that allows me to be more administrative. But I don't want to be administrative just to do what they tell me to do. I want to be able to right, be... Right, you actually make the changes. Yeah, I want to try to practice some new ideas and yeah. changes. I, th- I think you've got enough spunk, though, that if they tried to tell you, you wouldn't be a yes man. So that's that's good. We'll see. <laughs> you know, but I can be that way now because I've got nine years in, mm. and I understand it, and... We're right now, we're at this, you know, this weird juncture in our school where we have this interim principal mm-hmm. who needs to make her mark so right. she can keep the job. I'm going to be evaluated by her or AP, but I'm not real concerned about that. Mm-hmm. My Her predecessor, I would have been concerned about it somewhat. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories. Yeah, because <laughs> she was wicked. Um and but even you know looking at our network, the way this guy operates, I, I have no idea what his agenda is. I really I don't get it, because the one time he spoke in front of us, it was all just generalizations, and and the only time I've ever heard him speak in front of the kids, he talks about how nice he dresses and what a great car he has. I mean, those are the <laughs> kinds of things he focuses on. It is a nice car. He's making some nice bank. Yes, it's whatever like a, it is. It's like a BMW coupe, like one of those ones that's easily yeah. Ninety plus thousand yeah. dollars, someone's salary. It'll be. It, it scares me for if you were to move on, who would wind up being your your successor? Who would wind up being my department head? Because I don't know if I would get. The well, same. you might be the department head. <laughs> it would oh, God, depend no. on who came in. Whether it was yeah, somebody true. who was less senior than you, or if it would be somebody who'd be more senior. It than would. You. It would only take two years for them to two years of experience for them to be the senior. Unless, I, I don't know, it, depending on, I feel like our principal's kind of come to me with quite a few things recently. Maybe she's thinking long-term, oh, makes me kind of... Well, you're young, so she's going to ask you to do those things. Yeah, that's true. She is. That's the way that they operate. And mm. because she knows if she came to me, I'd probably say, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got that security. So. I have tenure, so there's only so much that she can ask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while that may may seem really crummy on my part you know i look at her and she she says she's out of her office a lot but i never see her i'm not down there in the mornings when kids are coming in she she is she's got a lot of plates spinning that she's balancing i'm sure i i think even though a little bit more organization would be nice yeah (laughs) um Uh um but i in general i do like her as my principal oh me too so i think that's the encouraging thing and i She's not afraid to like with the rescue pack and something like that. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna. That's bullshit. I'm gonna do what's right. And so I think that's good. I worry about her because she would rather struggle for those first few years to get real growth than to just be a yes man and make the numbers look good and keep the job. And so that worries me because that struggling is what's going to actually do it. Absolutely, but the people I, above I, won't the, do it. Yeah, our uh, uh, network doesn't have the stomach to yeah. hold out. So I, I worry about her. And quite honestly, uh, the school's future is tied to that, to, the, to yeah. our numbers. And if we can't keep our numbers up because cause we don't get the first couple cuts of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have a fairly good core of kids who are capable, but they only represent 
you know, they're not two thirds. They're a third, maybe. Yeah. And the other two thirds are the ones who um, can't go anywhere else and can't operate anywhere else. Right. And we tolerate them, but it messes up our school culture. Yeah. Yeah, which is a mess. It's it's not where it could be, given like, you know, the APs talked about this before, about how, you know, the kids here are actually nicer than a school that I worked in previously. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they are. You know, there's not as many real thugs here. These are thug wannabes, most of them. <laughs> um, but we do have this kind of high incidence of mental illness. We do have high incidence of really unstable homes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we have a high incidence of really low, low academic performance. Because we have all those things, um, seeing real growth is going to be a challenge. Because yeah. we can't attract, like, you know, those charter schools, they have this strict culture that you either fit in or you don't. Right. If you don't, you get demoted. If you get demoted more than once, you're probably going to leave. I would say most of the kids who I've seen from charter schools talk about having failed and having to retake classes, and they didn't want to have to do that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, and then they get, uh, not to bleep this when I say it, but then they get eyesed. Yep. Within... We're talking like a day or two. Oh, they're acculturated in um, in a matter of less than a week, right? Yeah. They come in, they're sweet, they're polite, they're check. Of course, it's that way at the beginning of the year. Remember the beginning of the year? Yeah, I was very shocked to find out the actual students that are going to be frequent flyers. Shocked me because I was like, I, I thought I knew who each of these kids would be. Oh, Not the case. no. Not the case. No, and, and the freshmen, they're good for about a couple weeks, because right. the dust is all settling. They're not put in the right classes. Everything's all mixed up. <laughs> but then as soon as they get in their classes and they get to know each other and they all start dating, like after the first dance, <laughs> um, then true colors start coming through. And yeah. some of those are great and some of them are awful. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's... I know a buddy of mine, Andrew, he's currently teaching abroad, but he was talking about mm. how he used to teach in the inner city. And he said, I eventually got out and went to the suburbs because I knew I would get burned out. And he's been teaching for, I think, 15, 16 years now or something like that. And I worry that that's probably going to be the case with me, too, because I like where I work now because I think I'm helping those kids catch up and grow where they really need it to compete. But I feel like at a certain point, dealing with the stuff from above dealing with the behavior because culture is allowed to be what it is that it's not going to be sustainable for me right in order to be happy in this career and being young you have options i mean you have you're not tenured mm. you're youthful you can move around you're not attached you're not stuck in a certain spot right. you know if you get a north side job you can move to the north side mm-hmm. and go live there yeah, i'll get something um, with less leaky leaky pipes <laughs> uh that's you know teachers that have been in schools for a while you lose that flexibility yeah and uh and even though i'm still 
I'm always altruistic at the beginning of the year, always. And over the summer, as I start to, you know, get closer to the to the beginning of the school year, I'm I'm always like, this is going to be a great year, and I'm going to do these <laughs> things, and it's going to be wonderful. And then that patina just wears off yeah. in about a month. And, uh, and then you're at this point in the school year, and you're just gritting your teeth until spring break. <laughs> and then after that, you know it's going to end, so you can just stick with it. Right. And that is no way to be. <laughs> yeah. Especially there's some teachers in our school that they were blocked from transferring. Because I can only imagine the mentality. Yeah, how much more they can take. Well, and and how disgruntled. You know, really, that there's there isn't anymore the kind of mobility there used to be in the teaching profession profession. It just doesn't exist the way it used to. You can't move around. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting then to say I'll probably be Gritting my teeth, being nervous about if you if you wind up somewhere else, and then there's someone else that becomes department head, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm pretty uh, loose. I have to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't do what my administrators want me to do. <laughs> Part of it is because I don't necessarily see the utility. I don't think they give us the tools to do it. Right. I think that if you gave me better tools to do the the work that you are asking me to do, I would be a way more willing partner. And if I also, if I had something besides just the directive, explain to me how this is going to help us improve. If you can explain to me how you think this is really going to help our kids improve, this is the thing that's going to make them get better. Yeah. Um, Then I'm willing to put in that extra time and effort for sure. But like I've told the principal before that all of a sudden you've changed what assessment's supposed to be about. Because somebody else is telling you that this is what you need to do. And yet for the last three years, this is what I've been building up to. I'm pretty convinced, based on my experience, that what I'm doing is the way students build skills. Not through multiple choice tests. That's definitely why they wouldn't pick me to be your successor. Because you and I align with a lot of things pretty similarly. It's the common core. Yeah. It's what it is. But they want those SAT style stuff, and I'm not going to do that for assessments. Well, and that is okay for periodic check-ins to see sure. how they're doing. It's also okay to occasionally drill a kid in that kind of stuff. But for that to be the meat of our curriculum, that's wrong. Yeah. They're, that's why they're at where, where they're at, because all they've ever been presented is multiple choice. And they can guess, but they don't build skills. And if they were building skills with multiple choice tests, we'd have superstars, right? Exactly. Somebody asked about the park, a young girl. Oh, I was explaining. Okay, so I was gave my freshman kind of a lecture about why we're going to do SAT prep and how I was going to approach it. The way I was going to approach it was I was just going to practice with them reading skills. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday, we're going to have a passage where I'm going to drill our reading skills. We're going to go over it. You're going to answer questions. And then we're going to build eventually to actually doing SAT passages. Right now, we're just going to start with some generic passages, and we're going to build towards it. And I explained, you know, how the SAT is different, and these are the kind of skills you need to have. I don't want it to be my curriculum, but I will once a week practice this kind of stuff with you. And so the girl asked, well, what about the park? You know, how come there, what happened to the park? And I said, the the park was an ill-conceived 
uh, test. A lot of people bought into it, and uh, it was unsuitable for a number of reasons. Uh, so we won't be seeing that again. She's like, oh, thank God. Because you could tell they'd spent two years at least just preparing to do well in the park. Mm. That's, what, that's what they were taught. And they didn't get any better. Well, of course. Well, that's why they abandoned it, because they didn't look good on it. They abandoned it because they looked really bad on it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. the other indicators are at least measure progress, you know, the NWEA and the map. Um one woman, and this was a very interesting insight, a parent that I met with uh, on Thursday. This girl failed my first semester. Parent was not paying any attention to phone calls, wasn't coming in. She claimed she never had got any. <laughs> Nevertheless, she said this girl had been acting this way since the sixth grade and had been really dropping off and failing and all this other stuff, and that they had been in Minnesota. She says, yeah, I don't think the... Education there in Minnesota was too good. I said, really? She says, yeah, they take that no child left behind stuff too seriously. So some kids need to be left behind. They need to, they need to fail in order to... It was a parent that said this. All right. And um, she was a graduate of our school. Oh, okay. She graduated from our school, went on and got a college degree. And I said, you're a college graduate? She says, yes. I said, congratulations. That's a great accomplishment. She said, thank you. And here she is talking to her uh, her daughter uh, about how, you know, you're not going to get anywhere unless daughter's crying, you know. <laughs> Tears are just all coming down and we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> uh, but now I have her text. So every day I can send her a text and say, this is what your daughter did. There you go. She came late to class. She's being sent home with homework. If that doesn't turn her around, I don't know what I can do. I like that, though, because districts are way too afraid of failure, even though they preach students, they when they have that dissonance and they fail, that's when the greatest learning happens. But they won't practice what they but preach. But they won't practice it. And, it, and yeah. it's not just our district. It's not just our city, our state. Yep. Uh, I, I would really like to look at... Um, what's happening in our district and mm. see how it compares with other places and other trends. Um, but it'd give me the opportunity to see what else is happening. Yeah. Possibly. Which would be good. Yeah, it would. Picture. Cause I need that broader picture. And, uh, I also need, you know, uh, let me ask you something since we're, and you can either choose to do it or not. But, um, okay. like one of the things that, holds me back a lot in terms of getting opportunities outside of teaching is I don't have much supervisory experience. I've never been really given that. And yet mm. I am kind of expected to lead people. Yeah. And so in terms of your, you know, me supervising you or me leading, not leading you, but guiding you, mm. what are the strengths or weaknesses too? Uh, you definitely keep me grounded in focusing on the skills, which is good. I think early on I kind of, and I think any teacher does this, sometimes they kind of lose sight of what is the goal at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. So you kept me grounded in that. You also, uh, you, you sat in on some middle of the day period and you kind of gave me a, a reminder of doing a quick check-in as a class. And it was something that, and I don't even know why, but I was doing it consistently for like the first three or four months of school. Mm -hmm. And I got away from it thinking, uh, they don't need it as much anymore. And then I stopped doing it for like at least two weeks. 
he put in that subtle pedagogical push, like reminder to do that, which was really, and that's always good to have that outside perspective. So it's definitely, you definitely as a department head, as a, a supervisory position, it's, it's been definitely beneficial because you, you provide that scaffolding, go with that. <laughs> but you also, you give me a lot of free range, which is where I can kind of experiment with what I want to do, you know, at certain points with certain students, with certain groups, subjects, all those but things. But you also produce, so that, you know, makes it easy for well, me to, good. like, well, I can see. I can look at your stuff and I can say, I can see what you're doing. And, you know, my God, you did all that crazy assessment analysis. <laughs> it took some time. It took some time. I didn't bring anything home with me on Thursday. I was thinking I was going to be back on Friday, and so I was going to get all that stuff and bring it home. I didn't bring anything mm. home with me. <laughs> that was probably the exactly what you needed, though, just a nice clean break for You're right. a solid You're right. few days. I mean, I've been working on the lesson plans a little bit more um, and trying not to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Um, Honestly, this semester so far, I have tried to not do any grading at home, and so far I've stuck to it. It's kind of nice because, I mean, I work during, I have those two periods off, and that's when I do a lot of my work. And I, I think I'm a little more productive, a little bit yeah. more on the ball. Whereas if I'm here, I have a TV right there. I know. So it that's been my thing is to make that separation. Well, plus there does need to be a separation between what you do. Because yeah. what we do is we work nine hours nonstop. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're there at 730, and even if you leave at 330, which I usually don't leave till four or four thirty, mm-hmm. um, just because I try to cram in a few more things before I'm sure. finished uh, with the day. It's unlike any other job I've ever worked. I mean, I've always been I've always been one of those hard workers. I've never been one to stand around the water cooler and <laughs> chat for hours. Yeah, I always just go to work and you work. Um, but teaching is nonstop. Yeah, and. It's with so many different personalities. It's really wearing. It's difficult. Yeah, it definitely is. That's why I definitely got into the habit of get there early, do work then, do work in the middle of the day, and then go home when you have that opportunity yep. because I need that refresher. for even. So even though I'm not grading my home, I'm constantly doing stuff when I do get here. But right. I'm trying to separate that more. So Especially once it starts to get, the days will be longer now. We're past summer sol- or the the solstice with the 21st right. so i'll probably start going back to staying later like i did in the beginning of the year but that that separation is have you thought about being involved in any sports for the spring i thought i was gonna actually i i had asked our athletic director about coaching baseball or softball i was gonna do football but we didn't have a team this year yeah i thought i had an in for baseball or softball but they went with last year's coach for baseball that's fine and then the athletic director took the softball position Nothing there. Oh, really? I guess I can wait till next year, but that would have been nice. I want to see if I can start a club, though, like some sort of fitness after school you should. lifting type of thing. Cause you should. That's one of the things that, well, I didn't just put it on my resume. That's something I actually care about doing. Yeah. So I want to do that. Oh, I'm sure that would be no problem whatsoever. You just have yeah. to make sure that you're whatever you, like I'm doing the yoga with the girls. Right. Um, because I like it and it gives me an opportunity to get to know even just a small group. Right. Especially, well, and because there's a lot of kids that, I don't know why, but they're really, they constantly ask, who's stronger, you or Michael? That They call him by his his mister and then last name. I don't know why they're so fascinated with which one of us is stronger. I'm going to take that as a compliment, though, because 
he's a wrestling coach and they yeah. think that I'm up to up to par with him. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to, so, I think he's pretty solid muscle. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Well, we'll see how we do when we do the teacher versus staff March Madness game. Oh, all right. You're going to play? I I think I got drafted into doing it. Is so. it volleyball or uh No, it's basketball? it's basketball. Oh, okay. So I've got some students that were just kind of jokingly talking trash. You know, and- used to play college ball. Really? Where where was he at? Where was he? I never would have guessed that. That's maybe Chicago State. Well, I guess it'll be. I guess he'll be one of the. He usually plays. One of the players. He usually does. Are you going to lace him up? Hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm not willing to be injured. Yeah. Yeah, so that, with my luck, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if I were 10 years younger, yeah, I might. <laughs> but It should be fun, especially for some of the kids that um, like to, like, I like to talk trash with them. Like, if they're like, there's a kid that sits next to the trash can, and he constantly misses. And I say, you got like four houses right now with all the bricks that you've shot today. <laughs> so I, I, I hope he plays in it so that we can kind of go back and forth. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be fun. funny. So, yeah. All right, well. Thank you for being on it. Thank I'm, you. I'm probably going to ask if you can be on again, especially okay. if there's like stuff in the future that happens with yes, career I'm sure choices there will and be. stuff. So, uh, but thank you for being on for this Thanks, time Ryan. and for bringing whatever that was. Yeah. That was delicious. Uh, they were um, bacon cheese puffs. They were delicious. Yeah. I'm going to need the recipe so I can make it yeah. probably for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So this was episode 23 of Classroom Brew. Please make sure you check us out on Instagram. We also have a Twitter that I barely use, but still check it out. Uh, that's just at Classroom Brew. There's also the hashtag for it. We are on Facebook. If you just give us a Google search, you can find all of these things much easier than me telling you how to navigate the internet. Uh, make sure you rate and review in iTunes, Stitcher, uh, the podcast app, Overcast, whatever you're using to listen to us. And then, of course, spread the word so we can keep growing. Those of you that constantly listen, thank you so much. Love the support. Feel free to reach out if you want to be on. And as always, class dismissed.